Welcome to the Valve Chronicles by Clay Valve, your trusted partner since 1936 for the world's highest quality automatic control valves. Join us as we share insights and discuss products that are often invisible, but always essential. Hello everyone and welcome to the Valve Chronicles, brought to you by the experts at Clay Valve. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Today we're discussing the importance of preventative maintenance and we're joined by two experts here with us today. First we have Jake Corzine, Western Regional Manager at Clay Valve. Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. And also joining us here on the show today is Randy Harris, EMT Superintendent for California Water. Randy, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thrilled to have both of you on. So, Randy, let's start off with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been at Cal Water. Uh, well, let's see. I am the EMT superintendent for Cal Water in the northern region. Um, I've been with Cal Water for 16 years, and uh, I manage basically eight EMTs for my area that um, perform a very uh, – diverse schedule of maintenance on lots of things, including um, our automatic control valves, which uh, CalWater has standardized on clay valve as our um, primary source. Excellent. So for those not familiar with CalWater, how large of a service area does California Water cover? You mentioned that, that you're there with the northern region. Tell us uh, just about the, the total scope that California Water covers in, in terms of area. So California Water Service is part of California Water Service Group, which includes subsidiaries in California, New Mexico, Washington, and Hawaii. Uh, we have 26 districts all over California, ranging from Palos Verdes in the southern region, uh, part of the LA Basin, uh, Torrance, Bakersfield, up the Central Valley, um, Salinas, King City, uh, several districts up in the Bay Area, uh, Los Altos, um, Atherton, Redwood City, uh, where else? Oh, San Carlos, San Mateo, South San Francisco, on up into uh, Guerneville and uh, one of the communities around Clear Lake, and then over in the, the northern region up near Chico, Marysville, Oroville, and Willows. Very nice. So, Jake, from your from your perspective, tell us a little bit about working with uh, the people at, at CalWater. From your perspective, being at Clayval, uh, Randy mentioned it a little bit earlier, but but give us your perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. Our our relationship with CalWater is great. You know, it spans all the way from our guys, our salesmen down in Southern California, um, up all the way through Northern California and, and um, my region. Uh, you know, we kind of look at CalWater as you know how we like it. To how our relationships like to be, you know, they do things the right way. They take care of their system and we really have a partnership with them and they lean on us for help just as much as we lean on them to try things out and uh, to keep valves going in the system. So it's great. Fantastic. So, uh, so Randy, how many people do you have helping to support ma maintaining valves uh, there at CalWater? Uh, statewide, we have 24 EMTs, which is the electrical electrical mechanical technicians and we also have three pump and valve foremen that work on the valves not exclusively but uh, that's one of the main tasks that they have is to overhaul the clay valves and help when we do replacements and adjustments and um, troubleshooting so you mentioned uh, what emt stands for but tell us a little bit more about what your job entails on a day-to-day -day basis 
So typically, um, the EMTs are in, they're responsible for maintaining all of the electrical systems and the, uh, the mechanical systems, which is mainly the control valves, which we have a variety of different types of automatic control valves, which includes uh, auto, uh, altitude valves for maintaining tank level. We have a lot of pressure reducing valves so that uh, we don't overpressurize lower zones. Um, pressure relief valves so we don't overpressurize zones. And then we also have pump control valves. And then in addition to those four main types of valves, we have combination valves, some that some that work as a pressure sustaining so that the valve doesn't open too far and rob system pressure from a, a higher elevation and also a, um, you know, a combination pressure sustaining and pressure reducing. So we're feeding a lower zone but not robbing too much from the high zone. We also have a variety of, um, a lot of our altitude valves are electronically controlled through our SCADA system so that we can just go into the computer and reset the, the tank levels and keep an eye on what's going on with those so that we don't overflow tanks. Excellent stuff. So, uh, Randy, how many valves are in your system? And give us an idea of how old those valves are. Uh, we have approximately 1,750 valves in our system all over the state. Uh, that's just in California. And we have some valves as old as like 1953 was the build date. Um, and we're, we just installed a new one today up in San Mateo District. So we're uh, constantly checking the valves for um, the condition and just to make sure that, you know, anything that's getting worn out, we get it replaced before we have any kind of failure that can lead to other issues. So let's get over and talk a little bit more about the preventative maintenance aspect of this. Um, because like you mentioned, the, the valves have, you know, different age ranges and you have a lot of valves in your system. So with a system as large as yours, how do you decide which valves to service first? Uh, how do you go through and make those types of decisions? So one of the things that we do is um, through our uh, computerized uh, maintenance management system, we have uh, all of our valves are listed as assets in there. And what we'll do is for each district, we'll take the total number of valves and divide by five. We do our, our valve overhauls on a five-year program so that, you know, once, once we do one, Theoretically, we don't have to do anything else to it in five years unless it needs to be reset or uh, it may get some particles into the pilot system need to be fleshed out or, you know, just a variety of other things that come up. So, Jake, from your perspective, give us your thoughts on preventative maintenance and, and the importance of it in, in these types of in these types of situations. You know, I, I always think of preventative maintenance as Something like, uh, you know, it's important to get your oil changed in your car, right? So, Jake, tell us a little bit more about preventative maintenance as it, rela as it relates to these valves and how important it is. Yeah, I mean, just like you said with your car, you know, you don't want to wait till you blow a rod to uh, change the oil <laughs> in your car. So, uh, being out there in front of it, um, like Randy indicated, you know, you don't want to wait till you have an issue and it's 2 a.m. And, and a pipeline burst. So, um, going out there, exercising your valve, um, knowing what's going on with it, putting in fresh parts making sure it's staying in top shape and not waiting for it to run down um, is going to be key. A lot of districts out there, uh, you know, it's a lot to handle and everybody has a million things going on. Randy's guys uh, don't just work on clay valve. So having to focus on clay valve plus all their other products um, and the critical assets 
you know, it's a lot to maintain. So we understand that it's hard to get out there and do preventive maintenance. A lot of times you only fix things when they're broken, but being able to, um, allocate funds and time to preventive maintenance just prolongs, uh, the life of your valve and, uh, cuts costs in your system. So, uh, I just think it's the most important thing you can do with your valve. That makes a lot of sense. And so, Randy, you know, using that, that perspective, what makes you decide that it's time to replace a valve versus service a valve? How do you kind of make that distinction? So one of the things that we do is um, we're, um, we report through the PUC. So every three years we go through and evaluate our whole system and look at what needs to be replaced. And our main two criteria for that is the age of the valve and also the condition. A lot of, uh, before about the mid nineties, we didn't uh, order valves that had the epoxy coating on the inside. And when you open those up to do the overhaul, you look at them and there's big uh, pockets of rust on the inside that you have to scrape down and clean up and try and try and seal off. But over time, as you scrape the rust away, the, the valve body gets thinner. So uh, anything that's not epoxy lined we definitely want to replace on that 40-year schedule. Um, and even less than that, depending on how important the valve is, if we keep having uh, mechanical failures on it, you know, if something's happening where we have to go out there and constantly work on it, we're likely to just go in and replace it. Um, so that's uh, typically one of the, the main things that we look at is the condition of the inside of the valve when we open it up. If um, if there's a large pressure drop across it, sometimes you'll get a lot of wear and tear from the water flowing through. Uh, for a pressure reducing valve, it modulates open and closed based on the pressure downstream. Well, if you have a high pressure above and a low pressure down below, you've got that pressure differential that it can eat away um, the metal on the seat and cause other problems. So we try to alleviate that. We've gone recently in the past five to six years, um, getting rid of brass parts uh, and copper tubing and just going strictly with stainless, just from a maintenance standpoint, it's more robust, it lasts longer and requires less maintenance. Hmm. That's yeah, really another thing that yeah, Randy, I'm sorry, another thing that Randy's group has done is they've standardized on um, models. So, you know, you heard Randy talk about they have pressure reducing, sustaining, pump control models. They've gone through and standardized on a model for what they prefer for each um, category of valve. So that way there's um, likeness across all of their different um, districts and it makes ordering easier and makes sure they know that they're getting exactly what they want on the site. So if, whether it's ordered in Northern California or Southern California, everybody's getting the same thing and it's up to their uh, standards of full stainless and epoxy coating and um, everything like that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so, Randy, I asked Jake this a second ago, but from your perspective and, and having seen this and worked with this, um, you know, hands on, what is the importance of performing preventative maintenance on your valves from your perspective? Uh, from my perspective, we've, we've had some valves that um, if they don't get overhauled in time, sometimes the, the rubber parts can get little cracks in them, which can cause them to fail. And uh, when a pressure reducing valve fails and overpressurizes the zone below, uh, it can cause main breaks that have to be dug up and repaired. Um, depending on the size of the leak, you can have property damage, which then we have to, uh, you know, reimburse the property owners for anything that we, that was damaged as a result of the leaks. 
Uh, and it just, usually when those happen, it's on overtime, which it's unplanned, it's expensive. And the uh, best thing to do is keep your maintenance up. It's, it's, it may seem like a, a daunting task, especially with the number of valves that we have. Uh, that's one of the reasons we have started, you know, for a lot of our valves, we've had clay valve come in and actually assist us with doing the, the overhauls. And uh, especially on the larger valves, their trucks are better equipped than what we have. So it makes more sense for them to come in. Uh, they do it all day long, day in and day out, uh, as opposed to my guys who they're mainly focused on the electrical side of things. But, you know, clay valves are something most of them are pretty good at, but they don't do it every day. So it takes them longer. So um, from that standpoint, you know, just keeping the maintenance up so that we don't have issues um, which I mean, even then, occasionally you're going to have something fail and cause problems. Right, and you know, Randy, you mentioned a word that that nobody really likes to to hear, and that's expensive, right? Uh, so, tell me about the importance and and how preventative maintenance correlates with an annual budget and over time. So, can doing preventative maintenance really end up saving you money in the long run? Oh, absolutely. It's um, by doing the maintenance, you reduce the the risk of failure. And like I said, the property damage that goes with it. Um, another uh, thing that I don't know a lot if a lot of people are aware of, but if you're taking an old valve, opening it up, replacing all the old parts on the inside, replacing pilot systems, bringing the valve back to a like new condition, you're able to capitalize that work as opposed to um, charging it to expense, which that's recoverable through rates. And it's something that uh, we try to make sure that we have budgeting for that. Absolutely. Jake, I wanted to give you an option to uh, to comment on that as well. Just um, the savings associated with preventative maintenance rather than uh, waiting for something catastrophic to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, Randy's mentioned it and we I've mentioned it too. You know, most breaks happen at, at 2 a.m. when nobody's using water and the system's getting the chance to overpressurize. And at 2 a.m., somebody's coming in overtime and um, something's breaking, streets, pipe work. Um, it, it's not just the valve that you have to replace at that point. It's something downstream or upstream, and including property. So being able to eat that cost up front but save you a lot in the long run is uh, really where the cost savings is at. So, Randy, how does a program like Link to Valves help in your system? So one of the things that we do with um, Link to Valves, being able to take the information that the clay valve technicians collect and input into link to valves, I can take that information and use it to update our asset management system so that, you know, when we go to do our rate case for the PUC, we have the correct information about the valve in our system. It makes it easier for us to justify which valves are going to replace and um, on what time schedule. Uh, it also helps us to budget so that uh, we're not trying to replace too many valves in a year as opposed to, you know, you know, if a valve, if a system has a hundred valves in it and you're replacing on a 40 year cycle, that means you're doing essentially two and a half valves a year. But if you get behind on that cycle, then okay, all of a sudden you got to replace five valves in a year and that can get more expensive for the customers to be able to absorb those costs. And uh, Jake, can you give us your perspective on link to valves also and, and just the benefits that it can provide? Sure. In a system like Randy's, what's nice is, uh, you know, our guys are always out on site with, with Randy's crew and 
Um, if we want to look up something before we get there, it's all logged and linked to Valve, so we know exactly what we're walking into. Uh, once they install a new Valve or service a Valve, they, they update the system, so we have our records on our end, and then we can share. And For instance, if Randy calls and says, we need parts for WellSite 2, you know, we, we both know exactly what's out there, and we can look and have the transparency into their system to uh, just expedite um, service for one, and then just to make sure we're getting them the right parts for two. So it's great for both sides. Yeah, it also helps if, um, you know, we, we get out to a site and we're looking at the valve. Uh, the name tag that's on the valve has all the information you would need to order a new valve. Uh, so it's a, it's important to have all that data available uh, where you can just pull it up on the computer and say, hey, uh, Jake, I need to order this particular stock number, model number. And, uh, you know, it comes with a date code when it was built at the factory. So we can kind of use that as a reference for when it was installed if we don't have that information in our system right away. So, guys, we'll wrap it up here. Do you have any advice for other water companies struggling to get a grasp on preventative maintenance of their critical assets? Uh, Randy, we'll kick it to you first. But, Jake, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. Yes. Um, I know everybody gets busy and gets behind on their work. But it's very important to make sure that your control valves are maintained. Um, smaller ones, we had a four-inch valve that caused about probably $500,000 worth of repairs in our Atherton district. We had a two-inch valve that failed down in Palos Verdes that caused over a million dollars worth of damage that, you know, the company had to, luckily we carry insurance to cover those things. But uh, it's always a paperwork nightmare to try and go through that paperwork. So it's easier to keep up on your control valve overhauls and uh, replacements, just to make sure that your system runs smoothly, uh, keeps your customers happy and in water, keeps the pressure where it, in the range that it's supposed to be, as opposed to, you know, a failed valve. If, if your pressure is supposed to be 60 and all of a sudden you've got 100 pounds in your system, it, it uh, can cause some serious problems. So it's it's very important to keep up on your maintenance schedule. And as I've said before, Clayvalve is always willing uh, to schedule uh, an appointment to come out and help you do your valve maintenance. If, if you're unsure of what needs to be done, um, they're happy to come out and give you an assessment of what's, what needs to be done. Um, they've even gone so far as to equip some of their trucks to help us do valve replacement work. So that's that's been very helpful to us as we move forward with our systems. Great stuff. Uh, Jake, any follow-up thoughts to that as well? Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing to remember is, you know, maintenance, keep your maintenance up, we'll keep your costs down in the long run. We've said it, it's, it seems like a big cost up front, but it'll save you down the road. And every salesperson we have in the company is more than willing to come out and assess a system, log all the valves for you into linked valves, give you a, a report. You know, we, that linked valves will print off a report that'll tell you exactly the condition of your valve when they were installed. So we can hand that over to you and we can start working on a plan to, to fix your system and, and get it up and running in, uh, you know, like new conditions. So uh, that's what we care about. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff, guys. Jake Corzine and Randy Harris joining us here on the Valve Chronicles brought to you by Clay Valve. Guys, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise here today on preventative maintenance. You're welcome. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Tyler. 
Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of The Valve Chronicles brought to you by Clay Val. It's uh, been a pleasure having you along with us. Of course, we have previous episodes of the podcast. So if you're new to the podcast, go back and check out some of those older episodes that we have. You can check out Jake's other episode as well. He's been on the show before. Go check out that episode and learn a little bit more about Clay Val and everything they provide. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for my guests, Jake and Randy, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. 